Hi, everyone. Guess what? Tomorrow, June 1st at 6 p.m. PST, 9 p.m. EST, we are doing a very special live episode of To Ellen Back on the internet starring so many of your favorite friends from the pod. You can read all about it on our Instagram and you can also see more about it in the Autostartle post that will go up to you with this podcast. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a surprise what exactly we're doing. But as you can see, we have a very large cast and you will not want to miss it. So you can RSVP at the link in our Instagram bio or on Autostraddle. And it is free with a suggested donation um, if you do want to donate to the uh, national bailout. And we hope to see you all there because it's going to be really awesome. Fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, writing, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And I... Hi, I'm Reese. And I'm Carly. And this is to L and back. back. The interrogation tapes. We are Whew. back doing more of this. And it's time to get weird. <laughs> These are so weird. Because they sure did. Yeah. These are so weird. Um, and I would also say, surprise, bad. Yeah. Ooh, shocker. Um, what do we know about these interrogation tapes? These were released... Right along with the finale of se- of the series, yeah, right? I think it was after the finale. If I recall correctly, they were releasing them like one by one over a certain period of time. Because mm-hmm. I remember those were some of the earliest like things we had wrote about on Autostraddle. You know, it yeah. was like in the early days of the Daily Fix when we had our like Daily Link roundup. Oh, it would be yeah. like whenever there was an interrogation tape, it would we're be like, like Shane's interrogation a new tape one dropped. <laughs> yeah, it was a good headliner. Yeah. You know. Um, these were on Showtime's website and we, uh-huh. they don't exist there anymore, but some amazing fans have uploaded them to YouTube, which is how oh, we yeah. watch them. There's no them. shortage. Um, they're all on YouTube. Just search for L Word Interrogation Tapes and you can watch them too. If you need mm-hmm. to pause this and go watch them before you come back, <laughs> that's fine. We'll be yeah. here. Mm-hmm. But we do have a lot to cover today. We have a lot of information. I would argue maybe some information that we could have received earlier. You mean in the show itself? Mm-hmm. You mean like maybe they spent an entire season on this completely weird concocted murder storyline when in fact uh-huh. they could have been spending any of that time on any of the things these people mentioned in these interrogation tapes? Oh, yeah. Once again, I have some notes oh, for yes. the team. We've got notes. Once again, I have some notes for the team. Anyway, this was obviously these were supposed to sort of build up, I guess, to the farm, which is the thwarted Elward spinoff set in prison. Yeah. Um, although I don't think they do a very good job of that either. If I'm being no, honest. I would ar- I argue, certainly am. I would argue that these don't really do much of anything. Um, no, they don't. Other than confuse people. But you know what? Everyone was lit. They were. Everyone. The lighting. There was big lights. Was this where all the the lighting budget for the whole season yes. went to the ancillary content? Yeah. <laughs> and if you zoom out, it's just like there's just like a bunch of like little desk lamps clipped all over, clipped <laughs> all over like a like a it's sort of grid board thing. You know somebody, what I mean? It's like boom, 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 boom. And they're like, Zena, you're in the light. They went to a target, you know? bought every clip on yeah. desk lamp. <laughs> uh huh. And yeah. then clipped them all above the the set. Yeah, they went to the kids section and got like a unicorn lamp, a seahorse lamp. And they're like, boom, 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 boom. Now we can see you. It's sort of like, because that's what they're revealing at the end of the season is what do these people's faces look like? Right, because you you forgot. We We haven't seen them since season five. No, we haven't. So this is sort of like, oh, wow, you know, Tina looks great. Hate to say it, but it's true. Sometimes we will be honest about Tina. (sighs) All right. We don't know who wrote these. And honestly, we don't care. So my... (sighs) Suspicion? My suspicion is that Eileen wrote and directed these. Like they were just like additional pieces of interrogation that what weren't used mm. in the episode or something. Like mm. because pieces of these are in the episode. Like stuff mm-hmm. that Alice is saying is exactly the yeah. same footage that's in the finale. So I feel like yeah. maybe it was just either cut from the episodes. Like maybe her dr- maybe Eileen's plan was oh, to yeah. have longer interrogations in them or was just like, let me just shoot longer versions and then... Yeah, you can use them online. I don't know, but 
since yeah. they're like pretty much identical to what's in the show look wise and like some of the actual dialogue right. is the same. I'm, I'm guessing it was probably also written and directed by Eileen. Yeah, that's true. I was imagining what if it was like an intern project. I mean, like it they feels had, like, like some, an intern project. <laughs> they had like some sh- some Showtime intern who didn't, who's like, I didn't really get to do anything this season. They're like, uh, you yeah. want to make a, because in 2009 being like, you want to make a spinoff series for the web was like the ultimate insult. But it was also something that one must accept. Yeah. You know, it was like, they were always doing that. Of course shit. I will, but I don't want to, but <gasps> I will. It's the same as it is now. <laughs> I'm right. kidding. I'm kidding. So should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. So a first thing I'd like to note is that there is a date. There sure is a date. I wrote this date down because I wanted to talk to you about how this date fits into your exhaustive timeline investigation that we went over in the finale episode. Right. So it is January 18th, 2009. Mm -hmm. There's a few things about this. This does, in a way, fit into the timeline where maybe an election happened. Okay. Okay. Maybe because I mean, that was that would have been in November. However, it's still a stretch because as we covered, there's like, you know, we're looking at one to two months. So if this was two months, then maybe it's still tough. Mm -hmm. It still doesn't fit. But aside from that, more monumentally and more egregious to me is the fact that if this is taking place on January 18th, 2009, that means that the holiday known as Christmas did occur during season six. And we didn't get a special holiday episode. And we didn't get a fucking Christmas episode, which is, again, all I have ever wanted from this goddamn show besides to work for it, which I am definitely putting in a strong bid for that because of all the nice things they say about it. (laughs) Um, We just want it to do better, but it's in the past. Yeah, it's loving. So we're doing the kids. It's loving criticism. Yeah. So yeah, we could have had some people, you know, like running through the snow on mm. a sleigh or, you know, 12 decorating partridge a in a pear tree. Lighting yes, exactly. a menorah. Drum, drumming. Yeah. They could have lit a menorah. They could have built a menorah out of oh, Fimo. They could have. And then baked it in the oven. And then they could have been like, oh, it's the Maccabees, eight nights, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm, totally. And everyone could have had potatoes, which everyone loves. Potatoes, especially Tasha and Jamie. We, As we know, famously. <laughs> as we know, famously. They love Famously, potatoes. Tasha and Jamie, big potato fans. They love especially the potato mm-hmm. offerings at the planet in West Hollywood. <laughs> Yes, they love those wedge fries. The other thing I noticed on the little title cards that preceded mm-hmm. each of these is that these interviews were conducted by the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department, not the Los Angeles Police Department, except mm. Betts said really? LAPD and the rest say LASD. And I'm guessing that was just an oversight. I don't think there's anything yeah. to read into there, but whatever intern right. made those cards, they really threw me for a loop. We salute you. <laughs> the other thing I noticed about the cards was that each person was introduced as a suspect. <laughs> it said suspect, like number, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's not even how it works. You're like, you I, know, these, these are barely persons of interest. And again, I'm basing yeah. this purely on my knowledge of like true crime documentaries and like law and yeah, order same, episodes. which is, yeah, right. which is to say that I am basically an expert, but mm-hmm. none of these people are actually suspects. Mm-mm. And I know we talked about this in the finale and we are going to spend a lot of time on it in the, today, but yeah, most of these questions are not questions that would be asked in an investigation about the death of one Jennifer Schechter. None of them None are. Of them, in fact, are. None of them. There was not a single relevant question. None. Also, who's that dude? Okay, let's just okay, let, let's, let's let's get started. Let's get into it. The first one I watched was Tina. Me too. Oh, I wonder excellent. if we maybe watched we watch the same, the same playlist. playlist. <laughs> so I have Tina, Shane, Shane Helena, Nikki, Max, Max Alice, Alice, Twice, and Beth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the same playlist. Okay, perfect. So we are going to begin with the Tina tape. Tina tape. And I'm glad we're starting here because this is the one for which I have the most notes. Perfect. It's a great place to start. Tina, up until this point, has had how much backstory? I would say uh, virtually none. We have been tracking Tina backstory like the little intelligent hawks that we are. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to say hawks. It's kind of like war. The intelligent right. doves that we are. Thank you. Peaceful. The little tiny Sherlocks 
you know, with our little, with our little tiny glasses, we have been noting. I'm wearing the fake mustache in this version of things. I'm an inspector. Yeah, you have Max's mustache. It's been given to you as a gift. Thank you. From the set. Yeah, try to sell it on eBay. I'll buy it. No, I'm going to keep it. And then, and then, and, and we have been noting every time. And what we have noted is that I think Tina said she grew up in the suburbs. I think that's all we got out of Tina ever. I feel like there was one other tidbit, but I cannot recall what it is. Well, it probably wasn't very significant. I think maybe she said her parents were divorced. Anyway, the tape begins with Zena asking Tina, Zena, Tina. Zena, Tina. And why is Kelly not a threat? I just wrote, LOL, what? (laughs) (laughs) Which is not, who cares? What does, what does this have to Kelly, do? Is Kelly a suspect? Like, what the fuck? I mean, please, like, arrest her. Like, she <laughs> sucked. I hated her character. I hated her storyline. Maybe it was Woozy. Maybe Woozy came in, uh, I'm going to fix the railing, blah, blah, blah. And then was like, get out of my way and push Shetty into the pool. I think that Woozy is the I prime hate suspect. Women. Right. Where is she? Where is she? Is she, like, finger blasting five men in the butt at ten... <laughs> all at once what is she doing get her in here she's at the abbey she's in the, the abbey <laughs> she's in the abbey trolling for for a hookup just waiting <laughs> so tina okay tina tells us that her mother once told her this mother we've never heard of before the only true intimacy between two people is when you read poetry and so the only true act of betrayal is when you share poetry with someone other than your beloved what the actual what? fuck is this? What? Also, I would like to draw your attention, comma, what? Tina, to season one. Bet was not sharing poetry with Candace. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So why was that such a big deal? Why'd you flip the fucking table? Did you fuck all night before you told her I was the love of your life this morning? Tina really flipped the fuck out over that affair, rightfully so. Uh, And but like that was, according to this conversation, does not fall into the criteria of betrayal, according to Tina and her mother. And I'll tell you what, though, for sure, Henry and Tina did not read any poetry. So maybe she's just trying to save her own ass here. I think so. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Henry would have been like, hop on pop. I do not like also green like, eggs what, and what? ham. Do Tina, yeah. I do not like them, Sam. I like am. Them, Sam, and I Tina am. Tina like strokes his face and then he like clips his toenails yeah. and she kisses him. Do you think? Oh, I just died a little bit. <laughs> do you think every night in bed, Tina's like, so do you want to read some limericks? And then Bat pulls out her little book of limericks. There They're like, there once was, was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> For some weird reason, what just popped into my head is that storyline in the first Sex in the City movie, which is 17 hours long, about how uh-huh. uh, Mr. Big keeps sending her poetry from that book. Oh, and it goes yeah. To her, like, it goes to like a secret uh-huh. locked folder of her inbox oh, that my she God. has to get the password to, but she can't get the password to it because Jennifer Hudson's back in St. Louis. And so she guesses that the password is love and it is. Oh my god! Wow. Also, sorry. Oh spoiler god. alert for such an oh incredible film. Oh my god! Film. Maybe they're doing haikus. Oh, that's fun. Haikus are fun. Maybe they're doing the you know the Jabberwocky poem. Oh yeah. Maybe they're doing the poem that Cats was based on, the musical Cats, to that T. S. Eliot poem. That actually would be great. I think some yeah. finding a way to tie this to the Cats film of late mm-hmm. 2019 would be ideal. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that would be really cool. If anybody wants to do edit some sort of mashup, please send it to us. <laughs> Yeah, please send it to us. So her father had an affair with a, yeah. quote, pretty young law student. <laughs> and her mom didn't mind because they weren't sharing poetry. Mm-hmm. Her mom, who, by the way, is dead. We have talked, not we, because we didn't write this. <laughs> Let's make that clear. Let's the show has talked clear. a lot about Bet's mom being dead. It has been a consistent topic and point of interest for Bet yes. and her backstory. And never once in the entire series did Tina participate in those conversations like somebody whose mom was also dead and somebody no. whose dad also cheated on her mom. Yeah. Like these are two uh, things. Yeah. And also like as somebody who lost their father when I was a teenager, like if I was dating someone who had a similar experience like that's a huge, that would be huge. It would be like such a, it would be honestly like a core element of our bond to each other. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this would also explain so much about what draws them together, you know, and what draws them together as how they want to start a family and be parents. Like absolutely. There is no way that they decided any of this until they wrote this tape is what I'm saying. But instead we get an info dump about everything about Tina's family in this three minute video. Mm-hmm. 
then oh so her dad was like a right-wing politician this just gets more and more bananas he was a three-term mayor of a town in arizona his campaign (laughs) manager was not attractive daddy arbuckle not a pretty woman let me tell you but they talked about poetry late at night and that made her mom really upset but not the affair with the pretty young law student wow right Dottie would send him home with a poem. And I mean, I've dated men. You don't send men home with poems. Oh, God. What are they, he's going to lose it in his pocket. His pocket's going to, it's going to go in the wash. It's going to get like. Yeah. It's going to get all messed up and they're going to be like, well, there goes your there yeats goes your of the poem. day. Yeah. Maybe it was Sylvia Plath. Maybe what Dottie was trying to say was, you're making me depressed. I mean, th- yes, that would be more appropriate. Um, and then her mother was like, please stop with the poetry readings. And he would not. <laughs> He would right. not. He was like, no, Shel Silverstein and I need to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to find out where the fucking sidewalk ends if it's the death of me. All right. Oh, <laughs> we are. Oh, man. We are. So it turns out that Tina has two siblings. Uh huh. Her mom took the kids, all three of us, and they moved to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there's a lot more. <laughs> but before we get there, we have to talk about Jenny because remember, Jenny is yeah. the one who died. Oh, right. Let's right. talk about Jenny. Tina and Jenny got very close during filming. Yes, they did. Did they share poetry? Maybe. Maybe maybe they were reading Allen Ginsberg. Maybe. Maybe Jenny was sending Tina home. With Allen Ginsberg's tucked into her pocket. Yeah, with a little with a little Mary Oliver, you know? <laughs> Here, have a little Mary Oliver for your drive home. <laughs> Slipping a little Mary Oliver into her back into her back pocket. Maybe some Maya Angelou. You never know. You never know with Tina, you know? Or Jenny, really, either of them. Or Jenny. So, so Jenny mm-hmm. would ask Tina to come to her trailer after they would wrap shooting, and they'd share a bottle of wine and talk about... Jenny would, like, pry into Tina's personal life, and Tina felt not manipulated by her, but just, like, that she was somebody that she would want to share things with. And mm-hmm. she thought that Jenny was just trying to get, like, a study of lesbian relationships so she could make a better movie. Uh, okay. The movie was already written. The movie was already written. They were in the middle of production. And also, <laughs> honestly, I think what Tina's describing is friendship. I think so, too. Yeah. Like when you hang out and drink a bottle of wine and talk about yourself. When you drink a bottle of wine and talk about your life. Yeah, that's pretty. I think that's friendship. It's Although apparently Tina has not talked about herself to anyone ever. Not even to bet. Not even to bet. So then they ask, was bet your first? And she says, no, Bet wasn't her first. But that's what she told everyone. And bet. Her first was her older sister. They would do role play. Tina would be the boy. This started when Tina was 12, I think she said. And it went on for three years and she thought it was just what kids do. Again, I don't think they made this choice until they wrote this video. Again, I don't know if that would have been something her and Jenny maybe would have talked about as they developed their friendship. I don't know why this was something that she didn't tell bet for the like now 10 years or something they've been together but she's telling xena the warrior princess and this random dude right now in an interrogation on a totally unrelated subject and also it was just like a very weird choice for the writers to make i think especially looking at like the legacy of how this show has dealt with sexual abuse yeah. how at first with jenny i think they were doing something really interesting and authentic and then to have it spin out into her at this point her being a psychopath who her friends wanted to murder is like pretty irresponsible and i think obviously everybody is entitled to frame and to deal with and to cope with their sexual abuse in the way that makes sense to them and contextualize yeah. in the way that it makes sense to them but i think this is presented i felt like in my experience, like this was presented in a way that deserved a lot more context and also framing it as this was her lying to bet about what her real first time was because, you know, I, I, again, everyone can contextualize their own experiences the way they want to. But I think like as a, as a choice for writers to make of what they're presenting to the world, having her contextualize rape as her first time and as something she should have told bet, but never told bet um, for that reason is like it's just it's just really fucked up and i would just really wish that this if this was what they had in mind for her that it had been talked about earlier and i think they could have done mm-hmm. interesting things with it that could have really resonated with people and so this was a really disappointing i think way to present that information you know no. what i mean no this is so fucked up fucking weird and yes fucked up then tina says 
it's funny because I don't even speak to her anymore. She lives in Texas. She's born again. She thinks I'm going straight to hell. I mean, and that like that fucks you up. That fucks you up. So there were these endless deaths to Tina that we never heard anything about. Never heard about her parents as she was discussing parenthood. Never heard about her abuse as her friend was dealing with her childhood abuse. Mm -hmm. Never said anything to Bet. Her and Bet's relationship sucks. Bet doesn't know anything. And also her first time was with Bet. Yeah. Oh my God. So that is about as deep as this all gets, huh? Guess so. Um, So how would you rate this particular tape on a scale of one to 10? With 10 being the best? Mm-hmm. Um, two. Yeah, I think I give it a hard two. Yeah. And a soft one. I would say like a nine in terms of information. Yeah, this is a lot of information. But like a two in terms of content. Yeah. If that makes sense. I do think that the, the only true intimacy between two people is when you read poetry together. And betrayal is when you read poetry with someone besides your beloved is one of the stupidest things that this show has ever said. And that is saying a lot especially for how much time the show spent on Tina being angry at Bet for cheating on her in season right. one. Like <laughs> that had ripple effects that lasted six seasons. Why didn't this come up at the campfire on the pink ride when everyone was like, what do you think is cheating? And Tasha's like, thinking is cheating. And Shane was like, sex isn't cheating. Why wasn't Tina like, oh, everyone reading just, you poetry. know, Tina is reading poetry with someone other than your beloved. And then everyone would have been like, What? <laughs> And then Jody would have ran off just out of disgust that she was even friends with any of these people. (laughs) I never would have found out. Now we move on to Shane. Shane. So it starts with Zena asking her who she's closest to. And she says Alice because she's known her the longest. Um, that how they met is that Shane was working at a hair salon and she washed Alice's hair. John James. John James Salon. So a lot of thought went into that. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's how they met. Cause she was the person that washed her hair and Alice asked her out for coffee afterwards. And Shane was like, she's just trying to pump me for information. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about, but I guess the whole vibe here is that Alice was a serious gossip from day one. <laughs> that wacky Alice wild Alice anyway the thing is that Shane's meant to be alone yeah she makes a good friend but not a good girlfriend yeah we know that we we really know that already yeah she and Jenny had a special connection they understood each other mm-hmm. she hasn't had a connection like that with anybody else Mm-mm, she hasn't did you love her she asks and she says I, I did, did love her. her she asks if she trusted her No, not at the end. She didn't trust her anymore. No, she wanted to trust her. She wanted to trust her, but she couldn't because the writers didn't want that for them. No. And then she says that they knew everything about each other, but then Mm -hmm. it's implied that Jenny did not know everything about Shane. Mm -mm. Interesting. I was curious. What is your statute of limitation on arson? What's your statute of limitation on arson? The guy's like one year and she says, that's not much. (laughs) Oh, all right. I guess I could have told you this four months ago. She says it was 18, 18 months ago that she uh, set her place of work wax (laughs) on fire. So this again, this means that season four ended 18 months ago. So the past 18 months contained all of season five. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to like next time you I go to like hang out with you. I, you're going to have like one of those like investigation walls with the red string where you're trying to plot out the timeline of the show because we've gotten a little yeah. bit more information here. Um, and I, I don't want you to go down that path. I might. I, I don't want that for you. I might. I know you might. I might want to. So anyway, that's a big info dump. Shane burned down wax. And what this shows, I think, is that if Shane burned down wax, then Shane easily could have done whatever to Jenny, who, however, she died in the pool. Because as we know, no cause of death was ever determined for this character. Why are they even asking her friends who were in other locations during the murder questions when they could have just gone and seen if the tape on the railing was broken and how it broke they could have brought in a railing tape expert 
which would obviously be Wheezy. Wheezy the Willing yeah, Tape <laughs> Yeah, I'll buy all kinds of tape. Sorry, I was giving oral to a man in a bathroom on a train. <clears throat> you know what I mean? <laughs> <sighs> anyway, that's Shane's whole thing. Like, I feel like the thing I've learned from all my years watching investigatory television is that the yes. like most likely suspect the person they go after first as the mm-hmm. suspect when someone dies or goes missing is it's the never. spouse or the partner and shane mm-hmm. was the most recent partner in fact jenny didn't know that they weren't together only shane knew that she had in her mind broken up with her moments before right. she was found dead so why were they not talking about anything that would be about like Shane's state of mind about Jenny and like like it's just like they don't really get anyway whatever I don't know why I'm trying to make this make sense yeah I mean also again as we as we covered extensively and I think repeated several times in the last episode the only logical explanation for what happened is that she fell on accident or that she committed killed herself and even then we're not exactly sure how she pulled it off no because it doesn't really make sense and also we still don't know what the actual cause of death was because they didn't write one into the script Right. The part in the podcast episode where you're like, she could have just stood up and walked out of the pool. I was like, oh, God. (laughs) But like, right? Like, it's probably a pretty shallow pool. Like, I hadn't even thought of that. But like, she could have fucking, yeah, she could have just stood up and walked out of the goddamn pool if she fell in the pool. It wasn't that long of a drop. No, it wasn't that long of a drop. And like, even if it was the shallow end that she fell into and she fell in head first, like, then there would be blood or like something more like traumatic at the sea. I, I cannot believe we are still talking about this, but I also can. So sale of one to 10, Shane, I give it a, I give it a two. Yeah. Also a two. Another two. <laughs> um, just so you guys know, the statute of limitation for arson in California is actually three years, six years or no time limit. So Shane just confessed to a crime of her own volition. Maybe Shane should be going to the farm. Maybe the spinoff should be about Shane going to the arsonist. farm for arson. Known arsonist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Famous arsonist. You've seen her around town. You've seen the flyers. You've seen the banner. You've but seen now, the ox shitting off of Nikki to Shane in a public forum. Publicly. <laughs> but now you see her for who she truly is. An arsonist. You An thought arsonist. that Porter was the arsonist. Fire starter. Arson, arson. <laughs> but that's not the case. I, right, that was a red herring. Arson, arson was a red arson, herring. Arson was a red herring. What will she burn down next? This police station? Maybe. Beth's house? Who knows? Jenny's shed? Yeah. Maybe. Jenny's yeah. Jenny's shed is flammable as hell. That thing would just whoosh, whoosh, go up in flames. Yeah. Now we go to Helena. Helena Peabody. <laughs> it starts with her saying. They don't even mention Jenny, right? Like Jenny doesn't come up. Jenny does not come up once in this conversation. Mm-mm. And all that's happening is that Helena and Lucy Lawless are clearly about to have sex with each other. <laughs> yeah, they're just flirting. <laughs> Honestly. Okay, so she says, like we saw in the in the finale, she never knew how to be with people. She'd buy and sell people. But she said Alice was the first real friend she ever had who took care of her without wanting things in return, which that's sweet. That's interesting to hear. That's that is interesting to hear. Information you know what, that, again, would have enjoyed been, earlier. Yes. You know what else is really interesting? Mm. You remember Catherine? Remember Catherine, you guys? You remember Catherine? Skinny little Catherine. Crazy little Catherine. She, slender, um, slender gambler, poker star Ka- Catherine. As a surprise to everyone and no one. Well, Catherine was this big George Bush Republican. You know, she was a free market capitalist. She was... A social conservative. Yeah. Of course she is. So to really stick it to her, Helena did not hide the money. She mm-hmm. hated Catherine and therefore donated all that money to progressive causes. Right. And then she just sort of reads off all of... In addition, she's of places. probably still exhausted by reading off all the characters that were ever in the L word. Yeah, exactly. Like, Planned Parenthood, V-Day, Equality Now, National Center for Lesbian Rights, you know? Yeah. So that is great, but also she couldn't, you can't like donate stolen money to a nonprofit because you're putting them at risk of like having the funding taken back if it's found out that it was stolen money. So, right. And she just confessed to it um, to officers of the law or whatever the fuck. So, um, 
Yeah, now everyone's oh, in trouble. Officers of the law. You know what I mean when I say officers of the law. I mean warrior princesses. I mean that random dumb dude mm-hmm. who's still sitting in there like a moron. And that's the only people I'm referring to. This was the only part of any of these tapes that was even somewhat deep. Mm-hmm. Is that like, you know, Zena's like, why? Like, why are you think these people are drawn to you or whatever? You know, and Zena seems to be flirting as an interrogation technique, right? Yes. But Helena doesn't see that. She Helena just reads it as is just horny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Horned Helena up, reads Helena. it as genuine flirting because because she's like, it could be that you're just breathtaking. And Helena, hook, line, and sinker, immediately is like, Yeah, we're doing this. Helena's like, we're gonna fuck. And it's kind of sad because it's like, yeah, she doesn't she still doesn't really know how to read people, you know? No, she hasn't learned anything, which is she really sad. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Also, like, really, I think maybe because she's rich and things have always worked out for her. Like, she doesn't really very much consider the worst case scenario ever. She kind of assumes most people are good. Most people are helpful. Although, by the end of season five, she was not like that. Even no. the first few episodes of season six, she kind of seemed to have her head on her shoulders. But now she's in this, like, post-Dylan alcoholism sure. or whatever. Or whatever. They didn't really give us enough information about that either. Yeah, bring in Dylan. I mean, really. Bring in Dylan, bring in Dylan, bring in Kelly, and most of all, bring in Mark and Gomi, who I think could be liable for this because who blew up their spot? Jenny. Exactly. Just going to leave that there for whoever wants to investigate it. Anyone had motive. It was Mark and Gomi. It was. Yeah. That Mark lost all of his film contract with the Girls Gone Wild or whatever. Or whatever. Gone Wild Incorporated. Which is yeah. also the name of my company. Um, okay, Helena, I would give a five. Actually, because I do feel like it was loyal to her character. Um, and that there was a moment of of interesting emotional warplay that felt relevant to a- anything. So I'd go to five. Okay, I can get on board with that. I feel like it's a four. four I'm not feeling very four. generous today. That's fair. <laughs> now we go mm-hmm. in the Inspector Schechter series to Nikki. I just uh-huh. love saying Inspector Schechter. Um, Schechter I'm going to keep saying it. The Schechter Seven. Th- also, this is not the Schechter Seven. No, as also, it was why announced. was Tasha's interview? Because Tasha had some clips in the finale, but there was no Tasha interrogation tape. Yeah. Didn't Kit have a clip in the finale? Yeah, what happened to fucking Kit? Also, Kit was, the, was actually present for all of this. Nikki just showed up in the bushes afterwards. Right. They're probably just like, ooh, we've got a movie star here. Let's get her in. Yeah, of course. You know, she was like the guest star of the Law and Order episode. She was like the Richard mm-hmm. Dreyfus of this, of this episode. <laughs> yes. Nikki is the Richard Dreyfus of this episode for sure. <laughs> Nikki is the Cynthia Nixon of this episode. Oh, my God. So it starts with Nikki asking. Don't I get to have a lawyer here? Which she is the only person in any of these videos to do so. Um, yeah. There was a kind of like a thread of this in the finale, too, which is that you know, they didn't ask for a lawyer. They didn't need a lawyer because they're a close, tight-knit group that really looks out for each other. Mm-hmm. Is this code for something? Why does everyone keep saying this? I don't because understand. They're going to they're gonna cover for each other, even though the thing is no one really has to cover for anyone. Because no one did anything. The only person who was like actually alone for any period of time was Shane. Everyone else was always with someone else. That's true. Shane was back at her house alone for periods of yeah. time. And Shane would never kill anyone. And also Jenny is definitely stronger than Shane. <laughs> yeah, for like a thousand percent. Yes. Like Shane would have been like, uh, and Jenny would have been like. Pow! And then like Shane would have like shattered into a thousand pieces on yeah, the deck. Shane like, yeah, it would have been like melting like the Wicked Witch. But Shane would have been like, my bones. And then she wouldn't bones, have any bones. My, like, my little light bones. bones. Hollow bones. Oh, my hollow bones. So yeah, Lucy Lawless, it kind of implies to Nikki as an interrogation tactic her only interrogation tactic her only one is flirtatiously suggesting that somebody might incriminate the person she's talking to right <sighs> um so then we find out that nikki is the one who stole the negatives and then she put it in jenny's, in jenny's attic. attic because if they found it then they would blame jenny and then everyone would be mad at Jam- jenny and she'd get back at jenny for how jenny treated her like she was just another showman's yep. idiot you know, even though she was like actively pursuing Shane the whole time. And but what this made me think of this very brief little tape was that like the actual story of Les girls coming out, like premiering and having the new ending and 
how that shook out for everybody involved in it would have been a really interesting season six. Yeah, it really would have. Like if this really focused on like what this film did to the group of friends and like did to everyone's lives and the fact that the ending was changed and and mm-hmm. even the, I mean, the soul negatives is like really stupid because the movie's going to come out regardless because Nikki right. doesn't understand how editing works. But like I also love that Nikki was like, I didn't want anyone to see that movie because it was an embarrassment and it was a terrible film. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. <laughs> Honestly, I get that because it would be a terrible I feel film. you. Right. And how would all of them deal with that? And like, and it just, yeah. again, it speaks to like how much this season was shortchanged because they, mm-hmm. they literally took one of their biggest stories and just buried it. Like it was in the attic instead of the basement, but I wish they'd done in the basement because that would have been more symbolically appropriate. Mm. But like, they just were like, oh, we don't want to deal with this huge story. We're just going to throw it in the attic. Like them even bringing up the stolen negatives in the previous season was like so weird because like right. why would they make such a, why would they have spent so much time on the stolen negative storyline if it was going to amount to literally nothing? Because what it needed to amount to was Tina saying she was going to kill Jenny. That was the whole point of it. Right. Centering all of your plot around reasons why somebody might use the commonly used term of like, I'm going to kill them. Um, that's not a good idea. No, I don't recommend that. Um, if there's any aspiring or current <laughs> television writers um, or any 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 writers, storytellers that might be listening to this, I would say don't. Honestly, no matter what your job is. That. Yeah. Also, why does Nikki's tape just abruptly end? I guess, <laughs> I guess she died. Um, Nikki gets a 10. <laughs> yeah, 10, 10 out of 10 for Nikki. She's a great actress. You know, that's why they picked her to be in the film. I gave her a 10 because she asked for a lawyer. I, yeah, uh-huh. And also because she acknowledged that the movie was bad. Yes. You know? And she and yes, how cute I, of her to steal the negatives as if that would make precious. the movie stop in any I other know. universe besides this one. Oh, my God. Good job hiding those, Nikki. Yeah. Good job putting them right by the attic stairs, like attic yeah. ladder under also one when? sheet. <laughs> yeah. Right. When was she yeah. in the house under by a herself carrying around these heavy ass? Like, how did she get how did she carry those heavy ass reels up the attic? stairs she is tiny maybe she got one of her friends to it she's like come here one of her she did say friends. she could get her friends to do anything for her anything for her anything. including carrying negatives up a ladder yeah that's when you ha- know you have a real friend because they carry something heavy for you into the attic exactly but then her friend was like yeah i hit him really good and she was like she okay did. i'll take your word for it she yeah. should not have <sighs> poor nikki you know what you are out of my five we move on to Max, which starts off with the discussion of our favorite, <laughs> favorite episode, the Lobsters. lobster dinner. <laughs> lobster dinner time, red lobster. Oh my God. I know something interesting about lobsters. Mm. You don't have to put a lid on a pot when you cook female lobsters. Does anybody know why? Mm-hmm. When you cook a pot of male lobsters, and they realize they're in this pot of boiling water, they all start totally freaking out. They're like, fuck, we gotta get out of here. And they start making these little ladders and helping each other get out of the pot. So you have to put a lid on the pot to keep them inside. With female lobsters, you don't have to put a lid on the pot because once they realize they're in a pot of boiling water, they all just start grabbing each other and they're like holding each other down. They're like, if I'm gonna die, everyone's gonna die. None of them wants to let any of the other ones get out of the pot. It's a real shame, isn't it? Wow. All right. I mean, I don't know what that has to do with anything involved. They asked him what he ordered. Just some French fries and a salad. (laughs) First of all, French fries and a salad is an excellent meal. Yeah, that's the dream meal. Yeah. I mean, just French fries is actually my dream meal, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good to get your greens in, though. Yeah, I guess I could eat like a vegetable. I mean, technically, a French fry is a potato, which is a vegetable. I think we've already yeah. covered enough about potatoes. I mean, I do think that potatoes at this point, are we still counting it as a vegetable or is it is it a, is it just a starch? In my heart, it's going to be a vegetable because I yeah. need to... Otherwise, you don't need any vegetables. <laughs> yes, that is that's correct. <laughs> I know they're talking about making corn not a vegetable anymore. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? How is popcorn not going to be my vegetable quotient of the week? <laughs> So um, then 
Lucy Lawless says something that I was not thrilled with. I didn't care for it either. I know exactly what you're going to say, and I also hated it. Yeah, she's, she says, so you didn't know when you started dating her, her being Jenny, that you wanted to change your identity. Mm-hmm. Ooh, don't love that phrasing. Mm-mm. I don't love that at all. And I also don't love that, once again, Max doesn't correct because he's gotten so used to being treated this way. Exactly. This really felt like tapping into that idea that has been in film and television for so long, which is that trans people are deceptive, you know, mm-hmm. and that, oh, I hate, I hate that. Um, and again, yeah. I think I would like to plug the documentary Disclosure on Netflix <laughs> if you want to mm-hmm. understand a little bit more about why that trope is incredibly harmful. And yeah, I, I that, oh, when she said that to him, I was just like, oh, yeah. And also that like being trans is an identity rather than like just who you are. <laughs> like, And that she says that he wanted to change his identity. Right. Like that's everything about this is bad. I didn't like this. Right. And then he says that Jenny saw him for who he is and helped him come to terms with it, which did she? I Maybe? think she did. I think yeah. she did in the beginning. But then there were you moments know. where she was very supportive but it wasn't always clear if it was like is she supportive or is she like excited by the, this like sort of right is like a fetishization yeah yeah but ostensibly she was supportive um then he says that tom hated jenny yeah. and that max doesn't know if tom would have left if not for jenny what yeah i'm like wait what this is what the problems max and tom i mean yeah jenny was mean to max but like the problems that max and Tom were having, which were pretty shallow and not shallow, like surface level, but like shallow in terms of it wasn't written out, like had nothing to do with Jenny. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I don't even remember Tom mentioning Jenny. I don't think Tom ever acknowledged Jenny. (laughs) Right. Like if my boyfriend who was pregnant was being mistreated by his friend and ex-girlfriend, my first thought would not be, I think I'm going to leave him. I'm going to change all of my phone numbers and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I I don't think I want to be around somebody who has such a mean friend. I'm going to just, I'm out. I'm going to just abandon him in a time when he really should not be. I mean, you should never abandon anybody, but uh, it's especially, uh, it's not a good time for Max's mental health. Um, He at one point says, I don't know anyone who could read anyone's inner thoughts and desires quite like Jenny. And then the fucking dude cop is like, so you were scared of her. Why were you scared of her? <laughs> and he's like, I didn't say that. And I'm like, yeah, he didn't say like, it, that's like a figure of speech that people say. Yeah. Oh my God. He talks about Jenny's beautiful eyes and that she had a power over him. Right. And and then there's this weird thing where she's, because he's like, she'd look at you with those big blue eyes and then, and Zena's like, oh, those pretty eyes. And I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, what do you know? You, she's, she, she was dead when you met her, actually. Yeah, she was dead. Her eyes were closed. <laughs> also, she had blue eyes. I didn't remember that. I didn't either. Does she? I'm Googling it. Okay, Sorry, you Google, Google it. it. In the meantime, I'm going to talk about where this goes next. Brown. They were brown. I thought they were. Yeah. Okay. Well, although the in pictures, they do look blue. They do look blue, actually, even though the internet said brown. Hmm. Yeah, they look blue. Man, this is quite quite a quite a they conundrum. Look, they look gray, kind of. Uh shark eyes. Well, I guess we'll never know. I think they're no. Blue, well, actually. she's dead, so there's no way of knowing. Yeah, I think they're blue. Gray. And gray. Gray. Going with gray. Okay. So Max says, "I don't know if I should be telling you all this stuff." And at which point I'm like, "What stuff are what? They ta- is he talking yeah. about?" And then they're like, "Come, Come on, on, spit it out, spit it out." And then he goes, oh, "Sorry." what i did and then if you like me are are watching this you're probably wondering to yourself what the fuck is he talking about and then he says that he took jenny's toothbrush scrubbed the bathroom floor with it and i'm presumably then gave it back to her to continue using to brush her teeth because otherwise that's not anything um because he was upset about claude (laughs) cheated on him with that french girl i mean honestly I believe Carmen would have been thrilled because she was always like, Max never cleans, you know? So that oh was God, that know. would have been good for that. But also, is this supposed to be funny? Because it just made me feel like they think Max is 11. Yeah, this just made me sad. <laughs> I was just like, I, I hate this. 
Yeah, that was my feeling. I was like, oh, I, I hate it. I also love that they like built it up like everybody else is like, like Helena's confessing to like disbursement of stolen money and like Shane's <laughs> admitting to arson and yeah. Tina's talking about really fucked up sexual assault. And then Max is like, I scrubbed a bathroom floor with Jenny's toothbrush. God. And obviously okay. it didn't. Sure. Obviously Jenny was fine. She didn't get gingivitis or anything. They were aware of her teeth still look great. No, she lived through that only to die. She lived pool. through that. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's how it happens. You know, you live through a major tragedy and then you like accidentally maybe drown in a in a four foot pool in a kiddie pool. I feel like the way they were like, come on, spit it out. They were trying to say that like if you had unfinished business, like she didn't die from the floor toothbrush. So that (laughs) must be why you killed Uh her, even though that makes zero sense. Yeah. Surprisingly, that makes zero sense because everything else makes so much sense. Also, wasn't Jenny like licking creme fresh off the floor already that in that episode with Claude? Weren't they? I mean, come on. There was a lot of questionable floor food hygiene going on in that moment. Um, Yeah, this was very strange. Yeah. What would you give that? I'd give it a zero. I'm just giving any Max writing a zero. Max writing always gets a zero. They just really phoned it in once again for Max. Just I'm embarrassed for everybody involved. So Alice's interview starts with the question, (laughs) when did you meet Miss Porter? And this was the moment that I was like, is Bet under suspicion or was Bet murdered? We're totally talking a lot about Bet in all of these. Uh, yeah, we are. Tapes. Maybe they just are like, well, since you're here, let's get the hot gas. Yeah, right. And then Alice tells a story that doesn't actually fit with what is established as, mm-hmm. as canon, canon for these characters. <laughs> yes. Alice says that she, um, Bet called her and wanted her to help her with her list for a gallery opening because Alice like knew everybody was working at LA Magazine. And so Alice helped her with this list. She invited musicians, fashion people, movers, shakers, people with money. You know, all the groups. Yeah. And also everyone's favorite group. This lawyer that I had interviewed who was involved in one of the Harry Potter lawsuits. I was like, did I miss some sort of like moment in culture? There was some sort of Harry Potter lawsuit. What is this? Was it like the Ministry of Magic versus Tina's boyfriend? (laughs) Like, You use your defense of the dark arts outside of yeah. the statute of limitations. Uh-huh. So the lawyer came and he brought Tina, his um, his girlfriend, Tina. Uh, yeah. The thing is that this is how Tina and Bet met. They met at this gallery opening that Tina was at with her boyfriend. Right. At that point, Alice and Bet either were, I think they were dating or they, they had were already dated. They were dating at that yeah, time. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> because I think she broke up with Alice to date Tina, I believe. Right. So this was definitely a relationship that lasted longer than her calling to get invites to the gallery opening. Yeah. And then the gallery opening happening. Because I think they were together for a few months at least. They went to the opera. Right. How did you meet Miss Porter? The answer is not. She cold called me to make a list of names. What? Right. And then the next time we saw each other was at the gallery opening where she met Where she met the new love of her life. (laughs) Where's the part where she where she finger banged Alice at yeah, the opera? Yeah, where's finger banging in the opera? That where's come you on. meet? Where did come on, guys? One of the greatest things that the show yeah. ever gave us. And also, it would be bananas, especially for Alice, who loves to talk about her past relationships. And also, she's in an interrogation room. To not mention, and then we dated. No, she left that part out. Yeah, convenient, isn't it? Then Lucy Lawless interrogates her about being the only bisexual in the group. She asks, "Does that create problems for you?" I don't have time to deal with this. Oh, she says, as Tina says, you're the only bisexual. But um, isn't (laughs) Tina bisexual? (laughs) Also, you know who else I think is bisexual is Max. Max? Max is bisexual. So, And honestly, you know who else is bisexual? I swear to God, it's Kit Porter. Kit Porter, who was mysteriously absent from this series of Mm -hmm. interrogation tapes. Interesting. Interesting. So anyway, so Alice is already lying. Either she's lying or the writer has decided to rewrite. I mm. guess. And then we get the thing that was in the uh, in, in the, the episode, episode, the finale about I'm more attracted to women. I fall, you know, I fall in love with men, blah, 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 blah. Women are trouble. Blah, 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 blah. She does this whole bit about how she's into hairless, muscly men. And then the guy that's the other cop or whatever, who's kind of like 
not that like right. gives her a dirty look and she mentions it several times i thought that was very odd Weird. and unnecessary yeah she was that like was, that was a strange i choice. could have a fling with a non-sweaty man if i want to have a fling with a non-smelly man a non-smelly man yeah i could so then she asks what does any of this have to do with who killed jenny so you think someone killed jenny dun dun my god my god and that was also in the episode but that's where alice's tape ends also why did they end it there i also want to know the answer to that question what does any of this have to do with it with who killed jenny i also want to know who alice thinks killed jenny i would love to hear right. who everyone why how come okay they've really missed an opportunity here which is <laughs> something i would like to call the rupaul question rupaul uh -huh. once the seasons of drag race get down to only a handful of the girls left RuPaul yeah. always asks them, who do you think should go home? Which mm -hmm. forces them to turn on each other and it's really good TV. And I really think mm -hmm. Lucy Lawless could have used the RuPaul interrogation tactic here and asked all of them who they think did it because I would love to know what they are all thinking about that. Right. Do any of them think that she killed herself? Like, <laughs> I have a guess. They all think that she killed herself. Probably. This is someone who in fact has tried to kill herself before. It would make a lot of sense based on the character and what we know. But instead, we have this. So we go to Bet's tape. And it starts with Lucy Lawless asking Bet Porter, do you think you're arrogant? And Bet's response is, I think I'm lucky to be with someone who can tolerate a lot more than my mother did. Do you think I'm arrogant? What? 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 What is this? what? What, what is this? What the arrogance? Also, Bet is wearing wearing a blazer and then suddenly not wearing the blazer anymore. <gasps> Good eye, Carly. I did not even notice that. Thank you. Oh man, I just alarmed Carol. Oh, Carol's alarmed. Anyway, where is her blazer? I would like to launch a second investigation into where her. Blazer yeah, maybe was. it's at the scene of the crime. <gasps> maybe Jenny used the blazer to hang herself in a true effort okay. of lesbianism yeah you know? yeah if you're gonna Not kill yourself carol's with an article like, of clothing oh my god Car carol wants out carol's like i cannot listen to another second of you talking about these people are you going under the couch or going under the table is she going you want to go where do you want to be my little scaredy cat oh, she, she wants to be with me does she want to sit on your lap oh hi carol hi carly carol we're almost done i promise you won't have to hear about them anymore except you will but not right now hi carol i said hi already carol's joining us Carol. To talk about bad. I killed Jenny. Wow, Carol, you're so smart for a dog. I know. I think no one killed Jenny. I think Jenny is at large someplace with Helena's money <laughs> that she thought she donated but didn't. I would have watched that film, Jenny at Large. Yeah. Jenny at Large. Oh my God. Um, Bet says some more things about their relationship being imperfect. I kind of liked what she said about relationships that, like, no relationship is perfect. You just find somebody who can tolerate you the most. Mm -hmm. And sees you more truly than anyone else, which is supposed to be a lead-in to this ludicrous next. Oh my god! Oh emotional. My god. Oh my god! What? 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 The <gasps> Lucy Lawless is like, how did she fail you, Bet? And then Bet starts like crying and going into this like monologue. Why did, what? What? Why didn't you tell her? Like what? you literally say what, what you want all the time. Yeah, it's never been hard for you to tell people how you're feeling about something. You really don't keep that shit to yourself, Beth. Like Beth has been sitting here this whole time harboring a resentment that Tina never asked her if she wanted to be pregnant with their second child. There was zero evidence of Beth being resentful to Tina in the entirety of season six. Right. In fact, she was really happy with their relationship. The whole season. And was really happy about adopting. Yeah. This made me feel 
so crazy. And then, and then Lucy Lawless just gets up and leaves, which was the correct response. She's like, we're done here. She doesn't say that, but she implied it with her body language. We are done here. Yeah. Bet this is, in, this is bananas. Um, we're done. Yeah. Like, cause really like they talked about, oh, we want to have a second child. And then Tina was like, well, that means we're adopting. And Bet was like, oh, okay. That's what happened. That's really? what happened. Really? Matt? Really? Really? I don't buy it for one second. You were willing mm -hmm. to put up Marcy in your house. You know, you wanted you wanted to adopt a baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, like, why was she not the pregnant one in the beginning? I don't remember. I guess. I don't know. They never showed us any discussion with those two characters about motherhood, mm -hmm. about carrying a child, about like what was important to either of them ever, even though so much right. of the show revolved around getting pregnant. Angelica. And even though Tina had this traumatic childhood, like intensely traumatic childhood, like yeah. nonstop badness involving Dottie sending her fucking dad home with poems <laughs> from her beloveds. How, how could you not even ask me if I how wanted you not, to read how poems? How could you not you? ask me? Tell her. Oh my God. She can't read your mind, Bet. Oh, it also, like, anyway, when they talk about having a second child, anyone, anyone having a conversation about having a second child, a lesbian couple would say, OK, these are our options. Tina gets pregnant. Beth gets pregnant. We get a surrogate. We like adopt a baby. We adopt a foster child like they would have been like, like certainly Tina obviously said she didn't want to be pregnant again. Right. Because that would have been the first thing they talked about, you know, of course. And then they would have talked, well, does Beth want to be pregnant? That would have been the obvious next part of that conversation. So this was this fucking stupid. Is so stupid. Do they want us to think that Ben and Tina don't know each other? Because that's, that's kind what of they've what basically I put forth in these from. tapes. Yeah. All I got out of this is Ben and Tina don't know each other at all. Right. And we never knew Tina. And Max is still suffering from Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Poor Max. My God. Oh, God. Poor Max. Oh, God. Oh, wait. Rating. We have to rate Bet's tape. Zero. Zero. That is I was offended. I was just shocked. I, I also mm -hmm. got up and left at the end of it, much like mm -hmm. Duffy. Much like Duffy, Duffy's Duffy the Warrior Duffy Zena. <laughs> Duffy the Warrior. Inspector Schechter and the Warrior Princess. A new spinoff coming to you soon. My first question would have been like, why did you blow dry your hair? Like they had wet hair before and then they all changed and they came into the office with great hair mysterious right um because it was the finale and they had to walk in slow motion oh yeah in the i love that part. with the wind machine <laughs> the beyonce tour wind machine oh it's your favorite song well, on a scale of one to an episode of Law and Order SVU from 1997, I give this a, a uh, Law and Order trial by jury. Ooh. Yikes. Not, not a good mark. Not good marks at all. This was terrible. Um, but we had to, you know what we had to do? We had to, we had we to had complete to do the full everything. They had to go we down had to, to the station it. and we had to go down to the station with We them. also had to go down to the station. Everyone had to go to the station. It seemed like Bet was maybe at a different station because her <laughs> tape was for the LAPD and everyone else's the sheriff's department. But what, whatever, I guess there's a typo in the edit. Yeah. Well, well, that was fun. I give it a zero. I hated. I give it a zero. I hated, I hated the interrogation tapes, and I think that everybody could have done a better job. And I think that it just adds to the pile of trash that is season six. But. As usual, the worse something mm -hmm. is, the funnier it is to discuss. And this was a funny thing to watch and discuss. Yeah. So the end of the interrogation tape. The end. End of the series. End of the series. We will expect your attendance tomorrow evening at our very special live episode. Surprise. A mm -hmm. star-studded event. Star-studded. Spared yeah. no expense on <laughs> this one. Yeah. All-out glamour, glitz, vaccinated people, <sighs> outfits. Yes. Identities, beloved poetries, all of it. It's all, all coming it. it's to all you be there. from us. 
live and then also will be an episode of this podcast so yeah it will be miss the live it will be in this feed it's coming to you if it's not already there correct so um yeah we'll see you then yeah yeah i would say also never unsubscribe to this podcast you never know what we are going to be doing yeah you have no idea you can never unsubscribe to this because we could never you have no idea what we're doing at any moment we have no idea what we're doing we have no idea what we're doing there's a possibility that there might be more we don't know yet. We don't know. But just well, we don't know that keep, there won't be more, but we don't know, we don't that, know that there, there won't will. be more. But you know what? Keep it's that uncertainty that makes you stay subscribed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's yeah. that uncertainty Thank makes you. you stay subscribed. And that's all that we have to say about mm-hmm. that. Thank you so much for listening to To Ellen Back. You can find us on social media over on Instagram and Twitter. We are at To Ellen Back. You can also email us to ellenbackcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, we have a hotline. You can give us a call, leave a message. It's 971-217-6130. We've also got merch, which you can find at store.autoshreddle.com. There's stickers, there's shirts, including a Bet Porter 2020 shirt which is pretty excellent. Our theme song is by B. Steadwell. Our logo is by Kara Sykes. And this podcast was produced, edited, and mixed by Lauren Klein. You can find me on social. I am at CarlyTron. Reese is at AutoWin. Autostraddle is at Autostraddle. And of course, Autostraddle.com, the reason we are all here today. Autostraddle.com. All right. And finally, it's time for our L words. This is the segment of the show where we end things by simultaneously shouting out a random L word. Usually these have little to no relevance to anything we just recapped. Okay, Reese, you ready? Okay. One, two, three. Lucy Beloved Lawless. with a silent B and E. <laughs> oh, I should have said limericks. Robert no, Lowell. We're not changing it. <laughs> Everything that just happened is perfect. <laughs> okay, guys. Bye. Bye. We love you. Fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way.